Sixer Nation. What is good? Welcome back on in to another edition of The Breakdown, the show where we take a step back, we look at film, we analyze the game, we give our condensed thoughts. Sixers upset the Suns. 188. I know it's been a couple days, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the big news from today, what Doc Rivers had to say about this team and the future going forward. And we'll look at a lot of other things, including the big upcoming stretch for this team. I'm excited to get into it all, man. Welcome in to Philly Take with RB. Number one show for Sixers fans. You know what to do. Hit that like button if you're out there tuning into the show. Subscribe right now. Hit the bell. You don't want to miss any of the content because we're breaking it all down every single day. Sixer Nation, once again, shout out to everybody out there, man. This is another edition of The Breakdown where we take a a next day approach. We look at the game. We talk about what happened. And um, I want to elaborate on more today. I feel like it's important every once in a while, you know, not only to just go game by game because it is a long season. And that's why I have different types of shows, right? The play by play show where we watch during the game. And then we have the more kind of laid back approach where, you know, we, we do a show and we just talk about how we're feeling. But I think it's important not only to talk about the games, but just where this team is at, because now we're 11 games in. And, you know, it's good to keep that balance, right? Just talk about where we feel we're at with the team, how they're doing, how they're progressing, because it was an ugly start. And uh, there's a lot of differing opinions out there. So definitely interested to hear from Sixer Nation. As always, you know the phone number to call into the show, 508-924-3784. We'll get to the calls later on. But we start with the Sixers and the Suns. Actually, we'll start off with a little clip just to get us warmed up, man. Just to get us warmed up. A little clip from practice today, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Shake Milton, and the man himself, George Niang, the guy who went off in this Suns game, having a little uh, three-point competition. Here they are at practice today. The guy's getting in some work. Look at those three-point shots. We need a lot of them to fall, man. How about George Niang? We're going to talk about him in just a second. Talk about the fact that this Sixers team pulls out a tough win at home against one of the league's best squads. Definitely makes you feel better as a Sixers fan, but still, you know, a long way to go. There's Joel Embiid. We're going to talk a lot about him because, boy, there were some comments, man, and I have some things to get off my chest regarding that. But shout out to the squad. In terms of this Sixers game, you know, they go out and they beat the Phoenix Suns. This comes after two embarrassing games, really two losses and one embarrassing game and then another just, Blayton, you can't lose that game against the New York Knicks where he collapsed in the fourth quarter. But anyway, the Sixers come in. They look like a completely different squad. It's almost unknown as to, you know, how we feel about this team right now. And man, it's kind of just like, dang, dang, like, like, what do we have with this team? What do we have with this team? Let me know out there in the chat. How do you feel about this team at this point in time? As they sit at five and six. How do you feel about this team? Also, remember that tonight's show is sponsored by Let's Get Checked, leading provider of at home testing kits. Let them help you make professional health testing much easier by getting tested right at home. Click their link pinned in the chat or down in the description. 
and uh, go check out all their products. Use promo code Philly25, get 25% off your order. But in terms of the Sixers team, how I feel right now is unknown, confused. You know, how do you come out? How do you lose to the Washington Wizards? Then you come out, lose to the Knicks, you blow a lead like that, and then you come out and beat the Phoenix Suns. Now, I know Chris Paul didn't play, you know, most of the game. He was injured. I know DeAndre Ayton was battling and struggling through, but this Sixers team deserves credit for the way they rebounded. They came out and they were just locked in different. You know, there was a level of intensity where it's like, okay, this Sixers team looked how we expected them to look. This Sixers team looked like they had passion, like they had a will, like they had something to play for. And they come out and they start dominating the Suns early. The Anthony Melton's locking up Devin Booker in the first quarter. The Sixers end up going up at, you know, like 19 points at one point. Then you come, you know, you get the halftime last couple minutes of the first half. It's back and forth. Suns are cutting the lead. I think it's nine at halftime. And then you get to the third quarter and here we go again. We're on the same trajectory. The, the lead is dwindling. We're getting to that end of the third quarter stretch. We're like, oh, man, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. It's happening again. It's happening again. But then what happens? The Sixers end up pulling away in the fourth quarter, courtesy of a few guys, mainly a spark off the bench, which, you know, we've needed for some time. Let's be honest. And. You know, we've continued to look uh, for that spark, and, and we got it in this, in this game, which was huge. But, you know, the Sixers end up pulling off, and they beat the Phoenix Suns. Aiton came back into the game. Chris Paul did not. Devin Booker ended up going off in the second half, but it didn't matter because the Sixers put together a good game plan, and they executed and got it done. Now, my main takeaways from this game, three main takeaways. Let me know your main takeaways. Number one. Joel Embiid finally looked healthy. He finally looked healthy. Is he there yet? Probably not. Does he have a long way to go? Maybe. Are there things bothering him? Of course. But Joel Embiid actually looked healthy. He dominated in this game. Now, you can look at the stats and know he was not truly efficient. Oh, but, but what about Joel Embiid? He had 33 points, which we have not seen, right? We haven't seen that kind of production from him yet. Even though he went 8 for 21, he went 16 for 16 from the line. He had 10 rebounds. He had 5 assists. He was scoring at will, and he finally went and got his shot and dominated. He finally dominated, which I've been waiting to see all season long. So I was happy to see that. Joel Embiid went out there, and he took advantage against a good team. We didn't know if he was even going to play because he's questionable every single night, but he went out there, and he got it done, and that was a good thing to see. That's my main takeaway. Joel Embiid looked healthy in this game, and that is a positive going forward. He has a long way to go, but it's good to see your guy uh, feeling better. The second takeaway from this game is that Doc Rivers actually is capable, when he wants to, of reading a situation and adjusting on the fly. Now, after that next game, I put out a video, and I said that Doc Rivers must be fired. I'm still standing on that. You know where, I, where, where my beliefs are at right now. But I will give credit where credit is due. Is Doc Rivers the main issue of this team? Maybe. Is he all the problems? No. But Doc Rivers adjusted on the fly and made a, a simple decision, literally a common sense decision, 
that helped us seal this game. One that did not happen in the Knicks game. Everybody's coming at me. Oh, you know, you're too hard on Doc Rivers. Oh, stop, stop. You, you complain. It's the truth. Doc Rivers single-handedly lost us that New York Knicks game because of one easy decision. All he had to do was say, okay, that man is not letting anybody in the paint. That man has six steals and two blocks. All he has to do is keep him in the game the last four minutes. People that, that you know, probably didn't watch all the game or, or that tuned in the last couple minutes are saying, oh, Maxie shot 10 for whatever. People are blaming Tyrese Maxey. He's one of the reasons we were in that game. They're blaming uh, Tobias Harris. They're blaming everybody. They're blaming the bench. But if Doc Rivers had made one adjustment, we beat the stinking Knicks and we pick up an easy win right there. Anyway, back to this game. My second takeaway is that he, he kept George Niang in in the fourth quarter. What happened? Late in the third, going to the fourth. It goes from 19 points lead down to 18, down to 14, 12, 7. Then it gets down to 6, and it's dwindling. It might have even hit 4 at one point. And we're saying, here we go. Here we go. Classic Doc, classic Sixers. But what happened? Doc Rivers said, okay, I can make an adjustment on the fly. And instead of bringing back P.J. Tucker into the game, who's only two for two or whatever, and hasn't done anything today, I am going to keep the hot hand in here. George Niang, he kept them in. And what happens? George Niang absolutely explodes. He goes on fire and he ties his career high seven three-pointers made, 21 points for the game. I don't even know how many he had in the fourth quarter, but it was a lot. He was the spark that this team needed. He won the game. And Doc Rivers, instead of going to his textbook rotations, instead of taking guys out with seven minutes to go, he said, all right, I'm going to leave the hot hand in. And that is my point. How easy of a decision was that? If a guy's on fire, you don't take him out. You don't take him out. That is all I've been saying. It's as easy as that. Here's the problem, though. In the long term, do I trust and do I believe he will do that consistently? No, I don't because of the track record. And I've seen times where he has done it before, but then it all goes to the wayside because then he starts making the same mistakes where he takes his guys out and he doesn't make the right choice. And, you know, it just goes against the common thing to do. So, no, I, I cannot believe yet that it is going to be this way. But in this game, I will give him credit because he did the right thing. He made the easy decision, and George Niang helped us win this game. This game was won by Joel Embiid and George Niang. You had Tyrese Maxey, who was cold, Tobias, who had a really hot first half and then cooled down. You needed a spark because the Suns were on the way back. Devin Booker was on fire in the second half. He got clamped in the first quarter by DeAnthony Melton. We'll talk about him, but shout out to him because we finally have somebody that can guard guys like that. And, and Doc Rivers made the right decision, and that was that. My third takeaway from this game is that the Sixers can get up when they want to. The Sixers can get up. They can play up to competition when they want to. And, and pretty much what I'm saying is like they have the talent. They just have to do it. And sometimes that comes with motivation. Sometimes, you know, it just is due to a better co uh, competitor in a long season, whatever it is. This team can absolutely play. You saw the way they came out. You saw the way they were communicating on defense, going back and forth, moving their feet, switching, attacking the boards. Like, it, it was just a different 
mentality in this game. And it's one that we haven't seen against some of the bad teams this year. But you should have that every single night. You should have that every single night. So, um, yeah, I mean, the talent was there. Sixers got it done. This is a big win. We're, we're going to talk later on in the show about this upcoming stretch. It's going to be a tough one. But the fact that the Sixers got back on board and they beat the Phoenix Suns, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing right now because um, it's something that we needed. We needed a win. We needed a bounce back win. So I'm happy about where the team is at right now. Now, Joel Embiid after the game said something that stirred a lot of people up. He said something that stirred a lot of people up. He said, our season started tonight. The Phillies are done. I enjoyed watching them, so our season started tonight. The other games don't count. Now, obviously, he was joking around. He was kidding, okay? People were freaking out, saying, oh, my gosh, Embiid. Now, the way I feel about it is, do I like him saying this? No. No. But I, I don't expect it any other way from Joel. You know, he's trying to lighten the mood a little bit, make a joke. And, I mean, we know the facts of the matter is that he has not been healthy. He has not been Joel yet. Now, we saw a glimpse of it in this game, but he has not been the consistent Joel that we expect. And as a leader on this team, yeah, you got to say the right things. You got to step up and be the guy. I knew he was joking, but, you know, not everybody in the public perception is going to take it that way. So I think Joel Embiid honestly needs to uh, just lock in. He needs to go away from Troel Embiid. He needs to just lock in and be himself and, you know, just be that guy. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, Joel Embiid also said he thought that his play was okay. He said he still has a ways to go because conditioning-wise, the flu hit him really hard, said he just needs to keep playing games. To be honest with you, Joel Embiid, he just needs to get up to par because we need it. And sometimes it does take him a long time, but this is a season where we really need you to like get in that mode. We need you to get in that stretch and be ready to rock, man. Especially with James Harden out, we need that chemistry. We need that chemistry, man. So that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. I think Joel needs to, you know, get his body into shape ASAP. I don't think you can wait half a season and then get serious. You got to get... Got to get going. I saw a uh, a better version of Joel Embiid in this past game, and I'm hoping to see that in this stretch because it's gonna it's gonna say a lot about this team for sure, for sure. Shout out to everybody in the chat though, Mr. Roddy Poo. What's going on, Rasan? What's up, man? NBA BLSG Atlanta guys, hit that like button if you're in here to push this content around to more people. Looks like everybody's sleeping on a uh, a Wednesday night. Also, I want to highlight my guy, Sean, shout out to him. He put a list out today of the Sixers leading three-point shooters thus far. George Niang, P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton, James Harden. Look at the top three on the list. Look at the top three on the list. George Niang, P.J. Tucker, and Tobias Harris. Now, if I asked you who you thought the top three three-point shooters were on the scene, would, would that be your guys? Because me, it would not. It's very surprising seeing how efficient those guys have been. Now, obviously, they're not taking the volume uh, in terms of a guy like Maxi, but you look at George Niang, 54 shot attempts. That's not bad. Through 11 games, coming off the bench, 50%. And you know what's so funny is, like, everybody out there, they, they complain. Like, there's a lot of back and forth with this fan base, 
And, you know, you think about some of these role players, right? They, they started out really cold. They need to come off the bench and be specialists at what they do. That's what a bench guy does. I feel like sometimes people expect these bench guys to be the next Michael Jordan, to be all-stars. No, all they have to do is be special at one or two things. George Niang is a great role player for the team. Is he the fastest guy? No. Could he be a much better defender? Yeah. But what does he do? He specializes in spotting up, being a nice piece around some of the ball handlers and just knocking down shots. And he's not afraid to let it fly. Right? We're not expecting Niang to do anything else. P.J. Tucker's in the starting lineup the same way. You got to fit around the core. You got to be able to be plugged in and do your job. DeAnthony Melton's in the starting lineup now. He's been on the bench, you know, for the first eight, nine games before Harden went out. What does he do? He comes in. Obviously, he's been scoring the ball now, but he's also a defensive pickpocket. So these guys come in and they're contributing more. And now as we, we go in to the next stretch of games, these guys need to get better and better. The defensive prowess of this team needs to step up because that's what they praise themselves on. But the bench unit themselves needs to contribute. Because without the bench production, we're not going to beat some of these upcoming teams. But in my opinion, they've been getting better and better and better. You just can't expect them to put up 50 points a game. They're not that kind of, of unit. But what they can do is they can come in and they can plug around Maxi, Harden, and Embiid. That's what Doc is trying to do, stagger Maxi and Harden, right? I'll take a guy like Niang on my team any day because he's not afraid to let it fly. He's not afraid to let it fly. And by the way, again, George Niang had seven threes against the Phoenix Suns. Without George Niang, we do not win that game. And Doc kept them in and let them, you know, get going and all that stuff. So that's important. That's important. Tobias Harris is another one who has been very productive. And obviously, we'll talk more about him. But, you know, Tobias is doing everything that he needs to do. Tobias is doing everything he needs to do. In fact, what do I always say about Tobias Harris? I say he needs to be the 17-point-per-game guy. That's literally what I refer to Tobias Harris as. And you look at this chart right here. Joel Embiid leading the way with 28 points per game. He's only played seven games. Maxey with 23.6. Harden with 22 points per game, 10 assists. Toby with 15. I'll take 15. You know, the production drops a little bit. Production drops a little bit, but guess what? You are the fourth option. And I just want to say, I'm very proud of Tobias Harris because he said it himself at the beginning of this year. And I predicted it last year. You know, there was an ego thing going on with Tobias Harris because when you're paid to be the guy and you know kind of deep down and you're hearing all this noise and you're going back and forth with the fans, you are not that guy. You're, you're paid to be that guy mistakenly, but you're not that guy. But what do you have to do? You have to buy into a system. And if you want to win a championship, you got to buy into that mentality. And what does Tobias Harris do? He said it himself. I'm trying to, you know, become a more consistent shooter. I'm trying to fit in with these other guys. He knows he's the fourth option on the team. And he hasn't been trying to do too much. Now, when James Harden goes out, you know, he's got to take a more active role. Some games he's got to score 22, 23. But most nights, he just needs to spot up and hit his shots and do other things and be better. He's averaging 6.6 rebounds a game. He's averaging 1.4 steals a game. That is how you buy in to a championship team. 
Now, everybody wants to, you know, slander Tobias and all this stuff. He's doing his job. He's doing his job. That's all you need him to do. Screw the money. He's doing his job. He's fitting in with this team. And recently, as of the last couple of games, obviously, he's got those spurts where he like puts up a lot of quiet points and then he kind of sits back for the rest of the game. But that's all we need him to do. Just be a productive piece on this team. Just fit in. Don't do too much. Don't hold the ball 21 seconds into the shot clock. Uh, take a nice shot. And, it, and you can see it right uh, on, the, on the stat that we just had up. He's shooting 44% from deep, which nobody expected. In fact, a couple years ago when he was fighting to get into the All-Star game, that was his most productive year. Why? Because he was knocking down shots. If Tobias can shoot at that clip, this is a championship offense. I know they haven't figured it out completely, but this can be a championship offense if these four are clicking like this. Because think about that. Think about that right there, right? 41, 63, 78. You're getting almost 80 points out of your top four. What more can you ask for? Then you got the role players stepping in. Melton gives you almost 10 off the bench. This team has the prototype of what it takes to be that squad. They just need to click it together, and they have to utilize their pieces the right way. Everybody else is playing checkers. You got to play chess some nights. Doc Rivers has been going back and forth with the Trez and Reed matchups. You got to do that every single night. You got to match it up and, and outsmart these other coaches. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, other than that, though, uh, you know, the, the rest of the guys, Thibault, all of them, they, they need to step up. Daniel House has been out a couple games. You know, we'll see how much more of a leash he has. But right now, I mean, this is what you need, and you need it going forward. Now, now, you might look at these stats and say, well, how are we five and six? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I think it took us a couple games to, to kind of find that identity. And I still think it's a, a ever, you know, revolving process. Like it's going to take time. But I think there's a little room for optimism because these guys will be OK. The only question I have is, is one. When will Joel Embiid be fully healthy? And two, when will James Harden be back? And how will he look? That is what I'm worried about, guys. I said it the last couple shows. Like, you don't know what this injury can be for James Harden. You really don't. You don't know what this injury can be for James Harden. And he, he can't come back and linger and, and look like he did last year. He needs to come back and be dominant like he was to start the season. James Harden has been fantastic this year. He has been fabulous at what he is doing, not only scoring the ball, but deciphering the whole offense, breaking down the defense and getting these guys some of the best looks they've ever seen. So we need to hope that he can come back and be that same way. That's what we need to hope for. But anyway, that's my take. Uh, it's a nice bounce back win, but I'm not satisfied until I see it consistently. Now. Moving on to the next part, Doc Rivers. What did Doc Rivers have to say about this team today? They were talking to him. They are asking him. Of course, he takes a lot of the credit after last game. And this is, this is something that opened my eye today. This is what Doc Rivers said. Quote, I think the turning point is coming anyway. You can feel it. You would like the luck and the health, but we're not going to have that for a while. The guys, you can just feel it. You can feel us starting to get to know each other, starting to get our rhythm. 
Now, this is this is nice to hear, right? This is music to the ears. But let me tell you something, okay? Here's where I have an issue on, on this comment right here. After game two of the season, when we lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, they were shorthanded. You came out and said, we're not ready to win. Every night it's been, we're not ready, we're not healthy, this, this, and that, right? Everything is is kind of a learning process. And he did say it's going to take some time, you know? He said, you know, we're not going to have our health for a while and all that stuff. But my problem is you can't have it back and forth. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. How are you going to come out early in the season and say we're not ready to win After an entire hyped off season, okay, everybody has expectations going into this year and you come out and start the way you did. Maybe the guys need more chemistry and they need more time together. But my issue is you cannot have it both ways. When it's good, it can't just be good. And when it's bad, it can't just be bad. That's why we do this show. We try to look at this team like from a different angle and break it down every day. We try not to get too high, too low, but you can't go and do a 180 now, like, oh, now everything's good. Our turning point's here, it's coming, right? The turning point should have happened already this offseason. You should have been prepared. In fact, what this shows me even more is that you were just ill-prepared coming into the season. Because the turning point should have been in August. When you bring in these guys, when you bring in the dogs, you should be out here ready to go. You should be ready, ready, ready. But Joel B comes out, he's not healthy. The offense doesn't really flow early on. And you, and you got like a bunch of shakeups and you don't really know who you're playing at what times and you don't really know what buttons to push here. And you're back and forth. You know, one game against the Suns, we feel like we're on top of the world. Then the next game, you go up against the, the Knicks and you blow a lead and you blow a lead against the Washington Wizards. Like, that's why I said at the beginning when I said, how do you feel about this team? I'm confused because I don't know what they are. That's my issue with what Doc Rivers said here. Do I think the turning point is coming? Yeah, I said that from game one. I think these guys will click and get better. My only thing is, will they be healthy? How will they look? And will Doc Rivers press the right buttons with all of the squad healthy? Because so far, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. But, I mean, this is the message you should be preaching. You can't come out after the second game of a season and say we're not ready to win when you're supposed to be a team with championship expectations. So anyway, that's just kind of how I feel about it. I'm glad that he has like a positive outlook, right? Like, I don't know. I'm glad he has a positive outlook on on the situation, but you got to be prepared every night. If this is the real, you know, connotation, if this is the real kind of like resemblance of our team right now, then we should come out and dominate over the next six games. We should come out and dominate over the next six games. So, anyway, that's kind of how I feel about that. Give me your thoughts on, you know, where you're at, what you think, and, you know, how you feel about this team right now. For the rest of the show, we're going to talk about the Sixers and Hawks tomorrow night, and we'll talk about this stretch coming up because I think it's more important than people realize. I think it is. But I want to highlight something Daniel House said this is kind of just in a different context. This is kind of just on a on a side note here. But Daniel House Jr. was talking about Matisse Thibel. They become friends. They're kind of similar players in a way. And this is what uh, Daniel House said. Stop doubting yourself. Shoot it. You work too hard. You put in a lot of work. 
and I shoot them with you. You can shoot the ball, shoot it. We trust in each other around here, and I want to see my brother do good. Yeah, yeah, this is what should happen. You know, Matisse Thibel was out there the other night. He's been making plays on defense. He's trying to earn a rotation spot. But, I, you know, not trying to nitpick, but, like, why has he not been shooting the ball the last couple games? Why has he not been shooting the ball the last couple games? You know, we saw that first game where he hits a couple, and then it kind of goes away. He needs to keep himself on the floor because, let me be honest with you, all right, going back to DeAnthony Melton, DeAnthony Melton is a dog. All right, I said I wanted to see how it looked. He is playing incredibly well right now. He's scoring the ball. He's getting better with his handling skills, and he's a great defender. And how long has it been, looking at that Suns game, how long has it been since the Sixers had a guy that we can throw on some of those opposite wings and try to put a little stop on him? All right, that first quarter, DeAnthony Melton had Devin Booker in jail. He had him absolutely clamped, and that was a big start to the game for the Sixers. That's like a big momentum boost, right? When you're going up against one of the best teams in the league, and you come out and you immediately put a stop on one of their best players. So DeAnthony Melton's been great. And with Matisse Thibel, when I've seen those two together on the floor, you know, they've been great defensively as a duo. And I like some of the combinations you can run. Now, I don't like that lineup where we go Daniel House, Matisse Thibel, George Niang, Montrez Harrell, and a guard. I don't like that. But I do like Matisse Thibel and DeAnthony Melton. I think that, you know, combination right there is can be something special if Thibel can keep himself on the floor shooting the basketball. That's what we need. Because right now, I'm not seeing much from Shake Milton. I mean, he kind of looks like the same guy he does every year. You know, has little spurts and flashes, but that's it. Furkan doesn't play, right? You go back and look at the bench. Trez has been okay so far. He hasn't been anything crazy, but, you know, he's kind of alternating with Paul Reed. So you know what you have there. But really, it's George and Yang, Melton, and Thibel. Those are the guys I, might, I probably trust most off the bench right now. Jaden Springer's bouncing back from the G League to the NBA. Like I said, Furkan doesn't play. Those are the main guys you need right there, and you need to trust in them. And when James Harden comes back, Melton's going to be our main guy off the bench. He's going to be maybe the sixth man of the year. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm taking a step too far. But the way he's been playing right now is very efficient basketball, and he has a high IQ. I can see that from DeAnthony Melton. Early on, he was making some mistakes, but right now he's locked in. He knows what he needs to do. He knows what his job is, and he comes out there every night, and he fights, and that is a guy I love on my team. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from DeAnthony Melton. I'm loving what I'm seeing from him, but give me your thoughts. Um, Let's see. Jesse in the chat said Doc is trying to save his job. JDH says you can kind of have it both ways with chemistry. If you don't have a lot of time, you'll have good nights and bad nights. You will have good nights and bad nights. My my thing is just with how you handle it as a leader of the team. You know, you can't tell them one night that we're not ready to win. And then when it goes good, you say, oh, well, you know, our point, our we're here. Our turning points here. We're going like you got to be every night. You got to say, OK, we need to have confidence as a team. We need to go out there prepared, ready to go. And if we don't get the job done, fine. But we can't have nights where we're just slouching through the motions. Maybe once in a while, but not the way that this team has done it early in the season. And that has been my issue. That is my issue. Because you look at all the talent you have on a team, you know the expectations, 
And some of the nights, I mean, against some of these bad teams, you come out and you're just moping around. So I don't know, man. I don't think, I, I think as, I think Doc Rivers needs to hold these guys accountable. And I think he needs to hold himself accountable, which he hasn't done much. But this game against the, the Suns could be a great stepping stone. It was a great start to what is going to be a tough stretch, especially after you blow those couple games against the Wizards and Knicks. You have to have a good stretch here, and I think it's very important. I think it's very important, and it's something that I want to talk about in depth. We'll start off with the Hawks game, but we'll talk about the entire stretch, um, and I want to hear from you. So give me your thoughts in the chat. If you want to call in again, 508-924-3784. Give me your thoughts. Everybody hit the like button. Thank you for being here. This is the breakdown show where we talk about the games, you know, more in depth. We take a little relaxed approach. We, we look at everything, break down some plays, all that stuff. So uh, we're bringing the content. I feel like people are kind of like back, not back and forth, but like on the edge with the Sixers right now, you know, because I feel like they're looking at it the same way I am. They're like, they're kind of confused, right? Like what version of this team are we going to get every night with James Harden out? There's an opportunity for a guy like Tyrese Maxey to step up and be that guy. Something I saw in the Suns game that I thought was really great, and I give Doc Rivers credit for, is we were running a lot more Maxey and Bede pick and roll. That was a reason why Embiid was so successful as well, because DeAndre Ayton is not the toughest guy down there in the paint, and the Sixers just do a little action, and they get guys open. Now, again, Maxey was cold. That's not really characteristic of him, but what did he do? He kept getting his guys open looks. We know that with James Harden out, Maxi needs to find his shooters and he needs to take more of a facilitator role. And he was getting Joel Embiid wide open with these pick and rolls and he was finding them. And that's a big improvement to the offense. And it's, you know, it's something you can run. You can throw in a lot of different unique things with these guys. This is a very unique set of skills, right? And, and I feel like they can all complement each other, but you just have to find that right balance. And for the first six games of the year, we didn't have that. We didn't have that balance. So it's very interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, we are going to talk about this next stretch. I have some pretty bold thoughts. I would love to hear what the people out there think. But before we do that, real quick, let me tell you about the sponsor of tonight's show. Shout out to Let's Get Checked leading provider of at-home testing kits. They make professional health testing much easier by letting you get tested right at home. Once you order one of their tests, they send it to you right in the mail, comes to your front doorstep, and you take the test, you send it back with this discreet packaging right here. It looks just like this. You send it back, and once it arrives in their laboratory, your confidential results are available within two to five days. You can check all of it in real time on the app, or a member of their team will call you to go over the results, and um, the LGC labs are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. They take care of you, and they know what they're talking about. And essentially what their goal is is to you know, eliminate that tedious process of going to the doctor's office and having to go through the insurance and all that stuff, and they make it 10 times easier. They expedite the process. You get tested right at home. You don't even have to leave your house. So go check out all their inventory. Um, they have everything, both male and female types of tests, you know, things for both people, whether that's, you know, thyroid, diabetes, cholesterol, you know, you can have tailored things like a hormone test or fertility or whatever it may be. Go check them out. Their link is pinned in the chat and down in the description. 
and uh, they have a huge inventory. So check out all their tests and use promo code Philly 25, get 25% off any test on their website. Shout out to let's get checked. Speaking of checked, let's check in on the stretch coming up for the Sixers. So this is a thought that I put out on Twitter. And I put this out earlier today. I said this next stretch for the Sixers will be crucial. You got Atlanta Hawks tomorrow night and you got them on Saturday. A back-to-back, one in Atlanta, and then you're coming home to Philly. By the way, five-game home stretch for the Sixers after tomorrow night. So you got the Atlanta Hawks tomorrow. Then you got the Atlanta Hawks at home on Saturday, which is the first of a back-to-back at home because on Sunday you play the Utah Jazz, who, by the way, have been the best story in the league throughout these first 11 games. How are the Utah Jazz in first place? They're first in their division. They're one of the best teams in the league. They were supposed to be tanking. Danny Ainge got, what, 11 first-round picks for Gobert and Mitchell. You got marketing out there looking like a freaking marksman. You got uh, Colin Sexton, Talon Horton Tucker. It's just been a crazy thing. It's been an interesting start to the season. That is without doubt. Okay, the Jazz are on it. I don't know what's going on. But it's going to be a tough game. But based off how they are playing, they have talent and they're well coached. It's crazy. Anyway, the Hawks twice, you got the Jazz, and then you got the Milwaukee Bucks, Minnesota Timberwolves, who have been up and down, but they have some talent on that squad. And then the Brooklyn Nets. Who knows what that team's going to look like? By the way, uh, they hired Jock Vaughn today. They elected not to go with Ime Udoka because of all the chaos that was already coming about with the decision. That organization is in turmoil with Kyrie Irving. Katie's pissed off. We know what Ben Simmons is at this point. I don't need to dive into that, but, you know, I mean, we kind of called the whole thing anyway. Anyway, Sixers got a tough stretch coming up. And here's why I think it is going to be one of the most important stretches of the season. I didn't think this early on, but look at look at a five-game home stretch. You're five and six. This could be the difference between going three games above 500 or really sinking the ship. Now, you came out against the Phoenix Suns, and you looked competent. You looked like you can hang with any team. But now, you got the Atlanta Hawks twice, right? The Atlanta Hawks, by the way, are seven and three now. If you look at their schedule, the Atlanta Hawks did not really play uh, many good teams. Okay. The Atlanta Hawks have not played many good teams. They beat the uh, the Magic. They beat the Pistons twice. They, you know, it is what it is. They're still kind of getting together as well. But the Atlanta Hawks last game a couple days ago beat the 9-0 Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Bucks with Giannis. By the way, they didn't even have Trey Young. No Trey Young. The Atlanta Hawks went out there and put a pounding on the 9-0 last undefeated team, Milwaukee Bucks. That's not going to be an easy win. Now they have confidence. Trey Young is day-to-day. I think he's going to end up playing, but he comes back. You got DeJounte Murray, who's averaging 20-plus, along with Trey, obviously. They got a lot of athletic dudes. They look a little bit different from before, but you know the Hawks can at least give you a tough fight for the next two games. Then the Jazz, like I said, they're playing out of their minds right now. The Bucks are 9-1. and one. And then you got Anthony Edwards. I still don't believe in that Cat and Gobert combination. But, you know, 
they have talent on that squad too, right? So they can give you a little bit of a fight. And then the Brooklyn Nets is, of course, is going to be like a high energy, like played up game, even if some of the guys don't play or whatever. And without James Harden, and now you have Joel Embiid back and he looks, you know, somewhat healthy, you have to come out here and dominate. If the Sixers go four and two in this stretch, I deem it successful and I'm happy. If they go three and three, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, like I'm satisfied, but am I really happy? Eh, remains to be seen. If they were to go like five and one, I'm back on the train. I'm happy. Things are amazing. If they go anything lower than three and three, we have problems, ladies and gentlemen. I know James Harden's not here. He's not healthy. You should be able to win some of these games. Just because James Harden isn't in, I know he's such a productive piece on his team. He's like the glue guy for this entire squad right now. But with how Maxi has looked, and now he's going to be given more touches with the way Tobias is putting things together, Joel Embiid, the bench is starting to step up. You have to win four of these games, in my eyes. And where it really, really feels to me like this is the stretch is now everybody doesn't know what to think about Doc Rivers. Because again, he goes out, he blows a game against the New York Knicks. Then he comes out and he helps win a game against the Suns. What will Doc Rivers do? Will he optimize the guys we have? Because if he does that, the Sixers can win these games. Obviously, Joel Embiid needs to be playing and Maxi, you know, all that stuff. But will Doc Rivers make the right decisions? Like I said earlier, one of my keys to the Sixers Suns game, he actually made the right decision and read the room. You know, if we're up against the Milwaukee Bucks, is he going to pull Paul Reed, who can probably give Giannis a little toughness, a little fight, just to play his guy in Montrez Harrell, or is he going to go with the better matchup? Going up against the Utah Jazz, Laurie Markkinen's on fire. He's able to move really well right now. What, what, what are we going to do against them? How is our offense going to look? Is it going to be primarily Joel Embiid and, and Max, he's a side guy, or are they going to play off each other? These are the things we need to look for. I think you need to take both from the Hawks. I think you can. I don't think anybody on the Atlanta Hawks can stop Joel Embiid. And I know Clint Capella and all. Clint, Clint Capella has no business handling Joel Embiid. I'm telling you right now. He has no business staying with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid should be able to come out and dominate the Atlanta Hawks. And if he is healthy, I expect him to do so. And, and please, I really don't want Joel to sit three of these games. Now, if he's unhealthy, yeah. I get it, but we should be able to come out here and dominate these first two. Jazz can go either way. Like I said, they're on fire. The Bucks, Timberwolves, Nets. We are going to learn a lot about this Sixers squad. We really are. Who are they? What can they do over a sustained stretch? And, and back to what I said about this being a home stretch, five in a row at home. You cannot upset yourselves on your home floor. You cannot upset yourselves on your home floor. So... Give me your thoughts. So, you know, what do the people predict will happen? What do you guys think the Sixers will do during that stretch? Feel free to call in if you'd like or drop it in the chat. I want to know what you guys think. Because I think this is one of the most important stretches upcoming of the year. A guy that I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, to seeing improve is DeAnthony Melton. I think he's going to have more time. He's going to have more say in the rotation. He's going to be handling the ball, but 
He can be like that off-ball guy that also helps put a stopgap on some of those opposing scores, right? You're going to see some good players. You're going to see Trey Young. You're going to see, you know, Markinen and, and Colin Sexton, who's balling right now. And the Jazz have all those little pieces that just kind of piss you off sometimes. You're going to see Giannis, Drew Holiday, guys that will be in the playoffs. Right now, the Eastern Conference is crazy. Right now, the Eastern Conference is crazy. Because, like, you have the Cavaliers, right, who are also just playing out of their minds. Are the Cavs legit? They're 8-2. and two. Boston, 7-3. and three. Atlanta, 7-3. and three. The Sixers are 10th in the conference right now. This is one of the most important stretches because if they can come out and win four out of six, boom, there they go, right up the, right up the ladder. And you're playing some of the teams that you can take games off of. You're playing some of the teams that can help get you right up the ladder. But right now, 10th is not a good spot to be in. But the thing is, you're only a couple games away from second, from third. So, man, we, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out ASAP. You got the Cavs 8-2. and two. They're second in the conference. You got Boston tied uh, with Atlanta for third. They're both 7-3. and three. Jason Tatum's playing really, really solid ball right now. He looks really good. Right, Celtics have kind of, I guess, like an interim coach, if you want to say. They're out here doing their thing. Milwaukee looks, I mean, they looked untouchable until Atlanta went in and beat them the other night, which kind of scares me because now Atlanta, by the way, is on a three-game winning streak. And so is Boston at number three, and they're both kind of in their groove right now. And that's what scares me about tomorrow night. That's what worries me. We're in Atlanta. We're going to their building. That team's 3-0. and. They just took down the 9-0 Milwaukee Bucks. The Sixers need to go out there, all right? And, and let me tell you right now, all right, because we will be live for the game. So come through, right? We, we go live during the game. We break it down as it happens. We break it down after as well. All I have to say right now is that the Philadelphia 76ers need to come out tomorrow night with their you-know-what on fire. They can't come out playing lazy and sloppy. They need to come out the same way they came out against the Phoenix Suns. They were ready to go. They were locked in. You saw it in their eyes. They were pumped up. They were playing like it was game four of a playoff series early on. They were locking up these guys. Now, again, the lead started to dwindle, which happens every Sixers game, which is not good, but it, it you know, we, we got the spark we needed. But early on in the game, we were the more dominant team. Of course, shots were falling, right? That's a big thing. Some nights it's just not your night. But you got to be out there ready to go. I don't want to hear, oh, our turning point is here, and then we come out and have a stinker tomorrow or on Saturday. No, that can't happen. That can't happen. See, I hold this team to a high standard, especially this year because of what is on the line. Some people may think of it differently. In my opinion, you have to, you know where you have to get this year. I've said it millions of times. This is what you do during the regular season. You build your identity. Some people think the, the regular season, and in fact, I feel like Doc Rivers may be the same way. They kind of think the regular season doesn't have any meaning. What happens in a regular season beyond the wins and losses, right? Of course, you want to get a high seed. You want to get home court. What happens in the regular season is you build your identity. You build your team out, and you know what you have, and you build that, that championship DNA. You reveal what you have. You upgrade on what you don't have. 
but you, you can't just blow over these stretches. Because if you think about it, we're five and six right now. Ten and eight would feel pretty good, right? Like ten and eight, or you know, nine and nine and eight. I guess nine and eight. I don't know. If you're five and six right now, right? Say you win. I don't know the next three games. You're eight, and then you lose the next three. Nine, eight and nine, or nine and eight. Okay, you're climbing up the ladder a little bit. I want to get a, at least a couple games above five hundred. I don't want to sit in the cellar all season and then try to have, you know, a James Harden return where then you got to just be ready off the bat. Wouldn't it be nice to be a couple games above 500 or, you know, feel like you're on a good stretch when Harden comes back so he doesn't feel like he needs to have that pressure, you know, right away to come out there and and produce. Of course he does, but you don't want to, you don't want that to feel like the desperation button, if that makes sense. So. Right now, the teams in the Eastern Conference are playing a lot of good basketball, and the Sixers need to come out focused. They need to dominate this stretch. After that stretch, they have the Hornets, and then they have, I forget who's after that, but, you know, games we should be able to take care of. So, I don't know how to feel about this team. I'll take it back to the original point. How do you feel about the Sixers right now? I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confused, man. I don't know what they are yet. And, you know, it's like it's like teetering back and forth. It's like a seesaw. Like, one day we feel really good. Then the next day it's like, man, how do you blow that game? And this is why I was so frustrated after the Knicks game. There's a couple games that you always remember throughout the regular season. I will continually remember that Knicks game because those are the easy wins that you got to pick up. What do they say? Don't play with your food. Take care of the easy ones. Those are the games that you have to take care of. Because you had them. They were dead to rights. The Wizards game, you probably should have won too. So, you got to come out and take care of your business. You got to come out and take care of your business. Um, And, you know, we'll see what happens. But you got to build this team going forward. Now that Doc Rivers is talking the way he is, I don't want to see us go reverse. I don't. I want to pull up the stats again because I want to take a look at something. So earlier I said that the top four guys are averaging almost 80 points combined, which is crazy. You'll wonder how you're five and six. Well, the defense has been bad. Now the defense the last couple games has looked better, but it hasn't been put together as a whole product yet. So look at, look at this, right? You got Maxi shooting 50% from the field almost and shooting 40, almost 42% from deep. Joel Embiid's averaging less than 30% from deep. He's taking three and a half threes per game. And you have James Harden averaging 33% from deep. Tobias Harris is averaging 44% from deep. Other than those guys, like, I personally, I did not expect it to look like this so far. I know they haven't been fully healthy, but look at this. Like Tobias Harris, George Niang, PJ Tucker. Like those are the guys that, that we're relying on right now to shoot the basketball. It's crazy. It's not like, it, it's not like, oh, you know, the end of the world, but like 
when you have Joel Embiid, James Harden, it sucks not having Harden because he does everything. And I feel like some of those guys are going to take a little bit of a hit because James Harden does all these little things that don't really show up on the box score. Like I said, he's like the, the anchor. He's like the glue piece. You know, this is where Maxi needs to take a step in that facilitation role because I feel like Tobias is going to have a more active role in trying to play with the ball. And you just can't overdo it. I want him to stay in this groove that he's in right now. DeAnthony Melton, I wouldn't mind taking over some of the ball duties because the way Tyrese Maxey looked without Harden the other night, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. But I think he'll be okay. It's just crazy, though, when you look at the production of this team. And then again, you know, like a guy like Paul Reed, he's down here on the bottom, like, is, you know, is he going to get the sufficient minutes? Is he going to be able to play? That's my question. That's my question. He's averaging seven minutes per game. He's averaging seven minutes per game. And every time Paul Reed has got an opportunity, I always say seize the opportunity. Paul Reed has, has done nothing less than seize the opportunity. So he needs to get more playing time in my eyes. I still wish we would have had a guy like Isaiah Joe. I say it every show, but you got to have as many shooters as possible. You got to have as many shooters as possible. And another thing is, again, the, these guys play a certain role, right? Like people have been complaining about PJ Tucker. I don't know why. I don't know why they're complaining about PJ because he's doing exactly what I expected PJ to do. I said this when he got signed. There's going to be regular season games where everybody is on him. They hate him. He stinks. This is just who PJ Tucker is. Come playoff time when he is asked to guard a better player. Yes, I will admit that his defense has been a little subpar so far, but once it matters, P.J. Tucker's going to lock in. And some nights he'll hit you some shots. He can be a vocal leader out there. I don't know how people are complaining about P.J. Tucker right now. Because he's doing exactly what he does his entire career. He's doing what he does his whole career. And he's shooting the ball 45.5% from deep. So come on, man. Sixers fans need to like they need to take a little bit of a chill pill in terms of coming at certain players because like right now it's more of like the team things that are holding us back. It's more of the team things that the not playing defense, the not communicating, the not knowing who to go to and what situation things that are holding us back. It's not the talent level of these guys. And I think they will be okay in due time. But if you come out and you don't have the energy and you're not ready to play, you got to you got to look at it closely. And I really think this next stretch of six games will tell us who this team is or at least give us a deeper insight as opposed to what we've seen so far. Because the first couple games of the year are always overhyped. They're overplayed. But in reality, what are you looking for? You're looking for a win or a loss. Sixers dropped the first couple. That game against the Spurs was awful. That's one I'll definitely remember. But I'll also remember the Suns game because I that gave me hope that like, okay, this team can play. It's just will they? Do they have the motivation to? Because at some point, you look at this team the last couple years, and when do we start to question like, does this team have enough leadership? Well, we did that last year, the year before. We went out and addressed it. And for certain games this year, it looks like we we don't. 
So when do we start saying, all right, when do these guys look at themselves? When, when do we look at everybody on this team and say, man, like, like, where is it? Where is it? But those are just some thoughts kind of bouncing around my head. I don't know, man. I, I think, I think it's a long season. I do agree with Doc Rivers that at some point things will, you know, turn around like they have to. And I think they've started to. But I again, I am concerned about the health factor. Because maybe we're getting it out of the way early, but you come into a season with this high of hopes and you got guys looking like this. I I feel really bad for James Harden with how much he's worked. And, you know, missing a month, but maybe he'll come back stronger. Who knows? But Joel, you got to lock in. No more, no more of these comments like, oh, the games don't count. Yeah, every game counts. Every game counts. You got to set the example. And Doc Rivers, you got to do the right things. You got to preach what you're saying out here. You got to practice what you preach. So anyway. Those are my thoughts. We'll read a few comments and then we'll get up out of here. Once again, appreciate everybody being in here. Please hit the like button. Let's get this up to a uh, hundred likes. Thank you all for being here. Mercy, what's going on? He says the Bucks and the Celtics are both intimidating. Cavs are concerning, not seeing much else to be worried about, but the East is strong. East is very strong. East is very strong. Eric says, uh, Sixers made good moves, but still not sure how they match up against Boston. Boston's a, uh, a talented team. They are. We have a top five starting offense. Boston def- definitely seems to be the most well-rounded squad. And now they have the experience. They've been there. They've been to the moment. They didn't get over the hump, but they've been to the moment. So they know what it takes. So that's another reason why I think the Sixers need to get over the hump this year because you know, you can't just sit back and say, "Uh, oh, well, we'll get there eventually. Nah, time's running. Time's running. And, you know, it would be a colossal failure to not get over the hump this year. Because how many, how many times, how many tries, how many tribulations are we going to go through and end off with the same result, right? Something's got to happen at that point. Something's got to happen at that point. And I still feel like, you know, the first one to go would be Doc. I do. I still feel like the first one to go would be Doc Rivers, but, you know, now that James Harden's injured and you beat the Suns, you know, it's kind of back and forth. So personally, what I feel is going to happen is we're going to watch this next six-game stretch and we're going to either really, really hate this team or we're going to really like this team and be back on the wagon. The worst possibility in my eyes is going three and three. And then we say, well, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to go back and forth a little bit. We'll have to just monitor and see how they play going forward. You can't waste too much time. You can't waste too much time. And I just, you know, I got to see how Doc coaches his team over the stretch. I got to see who steps up, who's willing to go out there and fight and show that dog who's ready for the moment. If you are ready, if this team is ready, if the turning point is here, Sixers will go out and dominate the stretch. But. Still a lot to improve on. Still a lot to look at. I'm confused with where this team is at. But I think, I think it creates a lot of things to talk about. 
I think this is one of the most intriguing years. This is one of the most intriguing teams right now in the league. You know, everybody's wondering after after praising the Sixers and saying, oh, this team's going to be in the running. What is this team? What is this team? But anyway, that's all I got for the show. I know it was a lot of information condensed, but that's what we do here. Uh, shout out to everybody for hanging out, man. Like I said, we go live during the games, but we also talk like this. We take a step back, and uh, I love hearing from Sixer Nation. We'll be doing some some of these more, you know, next week and probably probably one later this week, and uh, we'll have some of the guests coming on. I want to hear, you know, from other people. How, how are Sixer Nation feeling? You know, we'll get some collabs going, and um, yeah, we have a lot of good things in store, so I do appreciate everybody supporting the show. As always, once again, shout out to our sponsor, Let's Get Checked, one of the leading providers of at-home health testing kits. Let them make health professional testing easier for you by letting you get tested right at home. Like I said, a bunch of great tests in their inventory. Click their link pinned in the chat or down in the description and uh, go check out everything they have. Like I said, let them help you make it much easier. You don't even have to leave your house, expedite the process. And uh, use code Philly25. Get 25% off. And uh, yeah, go check them out. That being said, a lot to look forward to. I hope to see you all tomorrow night. We're going to break it down. And you know what the great thing is about this platform? Is that we all have differing opinions, but we all love the same team. Right? We argue, we bicker, we discuss, we debate, we love, we hate. We go, we're up, we're down. That, that's like the beauty of a season. That's the beauty of sports. You never know. And right now, I thought we'd be sitting a lot prettier than we are, but there's that angst. There's that suspense. A lot's ride on this next stretch. Lots ride on this next stretch. I'm excited to see what they can do. I hope I'm not disappointed, but it would be really big to get a win tomorrow night. If we could win tomorrow night and then come home for five straight, I'll feel happy. I'll feel happy about this team, where they're at. But uh, as always, man, appreciate everybody coming through. Hit that like button. Helps out the channel tremendously. Continue to support. Support the sponsor. Support the show. If you want to become a member, down low in the description. Go uh, or hit that join button wherever it's at. Um, Yeah, man, support the channel in every way. And uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter as well, at RBPhillyTake. Not the verified. I'm not verified, all right? And I'm not going to get verified. Quick little rant before we get out of here. Twitter is going nuts right now because they're letting people play, uh, pay for blue check marks. The real RB is unverified, all right? Unverified is the new verified. There, you just learned something today. Unverification is the new verification. Don't trust everything you see anymore. You can't trust anybody. People are making fake accounts. It's crazy. It's crazy. The unverified RB Philly take is the real RB Philly take. Follow the Instagram page at Philly Take with RB. Crazy world we're living in. Crazy times, man. But what I do know is the Sixers will play tomorrow night against the Hawks. And uh, we'll cover it as always. As always, man. Let's shout some people out in the chat. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Philly Take with RB, number one show for Sixers fans. Let's see, we got Kevin says 82 games can come quick when you're not consistently winning. That's a fact. That is a fact. Martian says if Doc goes, he won't be the scapegoat because there's a lot of holes in the team. Mr. 89 says, I'm still salty. Bassie and Joe are gone. Exactly, man. Joe would have been great. It would have been a great fit for this team right now. 
sucks, man. Christopher says, up the thumbs up before you guys roll on out. Let's go Sixers. You know it. Hit that thumbs up, man. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Merck, she says, peace, RB. Good to hear your thoughts. Thank you, man. JDH, shout out to you. D Green in the house. Catch you on the next one tomorrow night. Go Sixers. Peace.